Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan and the family. Hope everyone's doing good today. Yes. We are excited about doing another Bible study with everybody, aren't we? We are yeah. excited. I hope got you got coffee ready to go. Yeah, I hope you guys got your family. I got my Starbucks. <laughs> we're starting again in John part two today. All so right. We're going to be picking up in chapter eight. All right, starting in verse one. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Don't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, You are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, These claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I come from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards. But I do not judge anyone. If I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect. Because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own laws say, if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my father who sends me is another. Where is your father, they asked. And Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Later, Jesus said to them again, I am going away 
but you will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. But the people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you cannot come where I am going? Jesus continued, you are from below and I am from above. You belong to this world and I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. And Jesus replied, The one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who has sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He, and I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases Him. Then many who heard Him say these things believed in Him. Would you guys believed in Him if He said that, Saul? I hope so. Jesus would have told you about his father? Yeah. All right. Jesus is about to tell us about Abraham. Jesus and Abraham. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We never have been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. And no, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow my example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such things. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we are aren't illegitimate children god himself is our true father and jesus told them if god were your father you would love me because i have come to you from god i am not here on my own but he sent me why can't you understand what i am saying it's because you can't even hear me for you are the children of your father the devil and you love to do the evil things he does He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. 
The people retorted, You Samaritan devil! Didn't we say all along you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teachings will never die. The people said, Now we know he is possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say anyone who obeys my teachings will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus answered, If I want to glorify myself, it doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God. But you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. So he said that Abraham saw him, guys. You understand how that makes sense? How could Jesus be alive when Abraham was alive? Abraham was alive a long time before Jesus was, right? Unless he is God, right? That's what Jesus that's what Jesus was trying to tell them here. But the people said, "You aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham?" And Jesus answered, "I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am." At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. You know why they picked up the stones to throw it at him, guys? Because he told Because he was claiming. Because he said what? Because he claimed that he was God. Yes, all you need to speak up. You're saying good stuff there. You're right. That's exactly why. Because when Abraham talked to God in the Old Testament, God said that he was the I am. So when he said, before Abraham was, I am, he was saying the the same words that God said. So he was saying he was God. So that's why they wanted to kill him. They didn't understand that he really was God. He wasn't just saying it, he was. So let's keep going here. Chapter 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or because of his parents' sin? It was not because of his sin or his parents' sin, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world... I am the light of the world. If he's blind, does that mean he has a disability? Yes. It sure does. Why? Because uh, if Jesus gave him a disability for God to be seen in him, maybe he did that to it. <laughs> wow, Saul. That's an amazing way to think. And that is exactly, you know, what what they were saying is when someone had a disability, they thought that that person had done, done something wrong. And that's what Jesus was saying here, Saul, that it wasn't 
that they did something wrong, but it was an opportunity to show how great God is. So, yes, Victor's disability might just be a great opportunity for God to show us how amazing he is. Right, Victor? Yeah, yeah. shaking your head, but they can't hear that on the recording. (laughs) All right, let's keep going, because let's see what Jesus did to the man with the disability from birth. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. I remember this. Yeah, this is a good one. I saw it on, on, on Superbook. Yeah, on Superbook. Yeah, Superbook is awesome, man. People should watch that. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar ask each other, isn't that the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man Jesus is not from God for he is working on the Sabbath. And others said, But how can an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he is a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man who had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked them, Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, We know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he is old enough, ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who was born blind and told him, God should get the glory for this, because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this, I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes. 
yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has ever been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. But you were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. They didn't like him very much. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered the world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Chapter 10, The Good Shepherd I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't listen to a stranger. They will run away from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who came in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You guys hear that? Amen. So what does the devil want to do, Saul? Destroy us. What else, Victor? Steal. Yeah, he wants, he wants to, to steal, kill, kill, and destroy. But Jesus wants to give us a rich and satisfying life. Life and life more abundant. Would you guys rather be someone that uh, that is someone stole from, or would you rather be rich? Rich. Yeah, we better. I think I'm, I think I'm gonna keep following Jesus and not follow the devil. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to work. That's the way to get by in life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and he don't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know my father, 
So I sacrificed my life for the sheep. Thank you, God. I have other sheep, too, and they are not in the sheepfold. He's talking about the Gentiles, guys. He's talking about us. And I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so that I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinion about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Right, guys? Right. He didn't say the Father and us are two. The Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. And Jesus said, At my Father's discretion, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? And they replied, We're stoning you not for any good works, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. So see, they got what Jesus was saying. They knew he meant that he was God. And Jesus replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are gods. And you know the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who receive God's message are called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the son of God? The father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Once again they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while, and many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man came true, and many who were there believed in Jesus. Chapter 11, 
The raising of Lazarus, guys. This is where he raises Lazarus from the dead. A man oh, named... I sold this on Superbook also. Yeah, you guys see everything on Superbook. He was a mummy and he walked out of a cave. Yeah, we're going to read he about like it right here. Because he was wrapped. Yeah. And, and uh, dressings for his wounds. Yeah. Was he in the Superbook? Yeah, now here we go, guys. I'm going to read it. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sister, Mary and Martha. This was the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Remember that story, guys? Yeah. yeah. So this was her brother. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed there where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But the disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus replied, there is 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of the world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus was dead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad it, I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. And Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to the fellow disciples, Well, let's go too and die with Jesus. <laughs> That's what Doubting Thomas always thought. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days, guys. He had been dead for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss when Martha got word that Jesus was coming she went to meet him but Mary stayed in the house Martha said to Jesus Lord if only you had been there my brother would not have died but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask and Jesus told her your brother will rise again yes Martha said he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day and Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Mm -hmm. That's good. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. 
So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger wailed up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. This is the shortest scripture in the whole Bible, guys. You guys ready for this? Yeah. This is, this is verse 35. Then Jesus wept. That's it. Yeah, that's the shortest verse in the entire Bible, guys. Three words long. All because that's how Jesus felt after his friend died. I thought only that long of a scripture. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? So it's John, it's John 11, 35 is the shortest verse in the whole Bible. He's gonna. Here we go. I'm gonna keep going. I'm sorry. I shouldn't stop there. <laughs> the people who were standing nearby said, "See how much he loved him." But some said, "This man healed blind men. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying?" Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. "Roll the stone aside," Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here. So they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound in grave clothes. That's those wraps that you guys saw in the video. His face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them that what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and the Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do, they asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this soon, everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. 
As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness, to the village of Ephraim, and stayed there with his disciples. It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for the Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately. All right, chapter number 12. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor, and Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. You hear that, guys? Yeah. You imagine the nerve to steal from Jesus. And it's one thing just stealing from somebody, but to steal from Jesus, that's crazy. And Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. The next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hail to the King of the Jews! Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this is a fulfillment of a prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went to meet him, because they heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, There's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. And Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, 
Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it, and those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven, saying, I have already brought glory to my name. And I will do so again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, and while others declared an angel had spoken to him. But Jesus told them, The voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging this world has come, when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. The crowd responded, We understand from Scripture that the Messiah will live forever. How can you say the Son of Man will die? Just who is this Son of Man anyways? And Jesus replied, My light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not take over you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. You believe that, guys? Victor and Saul, they saw all these miraculous signs. They saw him bring someone back from the dead, and they still didn't believe in him. It doesn't make sense. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Listen, so this is what Isaiah told him. Lord, who will believe our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe. For as Isaiah also said, the Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. Many people did believe in him, however, including some of the religious leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogues, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Wow. Wow. So even the people who did believe in him wouldn't admit it because they were scared. Isn't that crazy? They'd rather have people think they were good than God. We got to watch out for that. It's easy with media and different things in our life where we're looking for self-praise more than God's. Yes, you're right. You know? You're right. Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. 
I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me but don't obey me, for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. That's good, guys. Two more. Two more chapters. We're going to do 13 now. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a bison. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet, to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. He's talking about Judas. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that is what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher and have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now you know these things. God will bless you for doing them. So that's it, boys. Come over here and wash my feet. All right. Come on. Let's do it. Come on. That's what Jesus said. You guys aren't willing to do that? I'll dry them with my hair. <laughs> See, it's time like this. I wish that this Bible study could show their face when I said that. Because <laughs> all they hear is me saying it and going, oh, okay, they're not doing it. <laughs> but their face was of disgust. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, The one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. 
The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, Who's he talking about? So the disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? And Jesus responded, It is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, Hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew that what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son. Technically, was the guy possessed by Satan? Yes, all that's a good question. It said right there that he that Satan entered him. So yeah, he was possessed by Satan. That's crazy. Okay, here we go. Let's keep going. He will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm going to give you a new commandment. Here's the new commandment, everybody. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. For love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So how do we prove to the world that we're Jesus' disciples? Love everyone. Very good, boys. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, You cannot go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus answered, Die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. All right, last chapter today, guys. Chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who the Father is. From now on, you do know him because you've seen me. You hear that, guys? Now let's listen to, let's listen to what Philip asked him here. And then Philip said, Lord... Show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Now, listen to how Jesus tells him. Listen to what he says. And Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? 
Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me, doing the work through me. So what do you guys think? Who's the Father? Jesus and God. Jesus is God, the Father. He's just God wrapped in flesh. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will... This is, now he's talking to us, guys. He says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So now, so now what does that say? What were some of the great things that Jesus did? Can yeah. you guys both tell me one? You said miracles? Making the blind guy see. Yep, making the blind eye see. What else, Vic? You give me one. What's a great miracle God did? Come on, Vic. Healed all the sick. Healed all the sick. Remember what else he just did? What did he just do we just read about? Oh, what did he do to Lazarus? <gasps> he, Lazarus? Raised, he raised the dead, guys. Yeah. So the Bible yeah. says... He did yesterday. Yeah, but listen, he says that we'll do all the things he's done and greater. What we can do greater things than raising the dead? That's amazing, guys. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You guys believe that? Amen, I do. Yes. I know it. All right, guys, this next section talks all about the Holy Spirit, so let's pay attention. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and will later be in you. You hear that, guys? Yeah. He said the Holy Spirit lived with him right now. What does that mean? Holy Ghost. That means Jesus Jesus is the Holy Ghost, right? He lives with us now. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home in each of them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from my Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, 
peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what my Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. You hear that, guys? You guys got to be like Jesus and do what your father wants. Yep. (laughs) All right, guys, that's the end of it. All right. Yay. One more on John, and then the whole book of John is done, guys. We're through all four books of the Gospels. Wow. All right, so let's pray, everybody. Let's close our eyes and bow our head, and let's spend some time in prayer. You guys ready? Yes, we are ready. Dear Lord Jesus, Jesus you thank you for this God. time today, Lord, God. Spending it in your Lord, word, God. Word Help us to grow God. from thank what we learn from your life, God. And let us continue, God, God to desire to be in your presence and Lord, to be in your, in your spirit, word, God. We love you so much, God. We appreciate you sending your word to this earth so that we can grow and learn how to please you every day, Lord. Lord, let this Bible study today, God, touch people's lives, God, and lead them to you, Lord. We thank you for everything that you've done, God. We worship you and give you all the praise. And in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us again. And we can't wait till the next time. That's right. See you next time. God bless. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Have a good time. Jesus' name.